This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings all and thank you very much for tuning in to yet another installment of the show. I've got a conversation with Pedro Esparta to share with you from the outfit Voodoo Moonshine. Now the catalyst for the chat with Pedro is due to the launch of a new single from Voodoo Moonshine. It is titled Give It To Me. It is taken from their excellent album bottom of the barrel i had a chat with the group's guitarist jeff lasoya some months ago so if you like what you hear here with pedro do go across and have a listen to the chat with jeff as well now if you tuned in via the podcast apps we're going to listen to give it to me before going into the chat of course i can't play music on youtube so for all of those who have tuned in via youtube we're going to jump into the chat right now let's go
do you feel like things are building with the band? I'll lead with that question there for you because I feel like that's that's the case. Yeah, um, absolutely. We, um, you know, it's been a long, um, oh my, like what, three years now since, um, actually probably longer than that, three and a half years since uh, Jeff contacted me, you know, Jeff Lasori, the guitar player, uh, to be part of this new record. And, um, but, you know, when COVID hit, it just kind of slowed everything down. And, um, you know, we pretty much, we, we started doing some shows last year, um, but <clears throat> the issues kept resurfacing, you know, with the COVID though. So mm-hmm. we kind of stopped doing shows. We're like, well, let's just, let's just out, do some video, you know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually, looks like it's picking up. You know, we, we just got, uh, or give it to me, a single video just came out where it came out at 71 at the Billboard chart. So that's pretty exciting yeah 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 you're right yeah so give it to me has been given the the music video treatment and in some ways is the catalyst for our catch-up here but uh look making a music video uh you know in years gone by they spent millions of dollars sometimes tens of millions of dollars on rock videos in the 80s and and throughout the 90s so obviously that sort of budget wasn't available uh to anybody Mm -hmm. these days let's face it but to an independent band You know, but was was it a fun experience? I mean, I've seen the video. It's a great video. I think it captures the essence of what the band is about. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you know, <clears throat> the recording videos is a long process. You know, there is a, uh, it's an all day thing, but it is, you know, it's, it, it is kind of fun because you're, you're, you're basically building a visual story to your song, you know, or trying to at least, you know, with, with like you said, with, in a low budget way. Um, but I think I think it turned out well. I mean, it, you know, who would have thought you know a rock band in a country in a country bar? You know, it, it kind of it kind of worked. So, yeah. No, I agree. It definitely works. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of rock music fans are so open-minded these days that that having a music video that could almost double up for a Shania Twain video in some ways. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all part of the wheelhouse, mate, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it worked out. Yeah. When I caught up with uh, Jeff, I mentioned that uh, Bottom of the Barrel, so for everybody listening, that is the most recently released album from the group. It's a cracker. It's so good, in fact, that I reached out to Pina and I asked her if she could send over uh, a uh, copy of the CD version so that I could play it in the car. So I love listening to it. Oh, I'm actually a genuine fan. Yeah. This is not one of those interviews where it's sort of like, this is just content. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. actually <laughs> a fan of Voodoo Moonshine sort of thing. So, um, Thank you. Look, um, it's it's i mentioned to jeff that it's it's cracking metal tinged uh southern rock it's an album that has its roots in uh great artists like ted nugent skinnered white snake skid row lynch mob uh, and a heap of other no bullshit heavy and hard rock and roll with your mighty riff and your killer voice is the centerpiece um so like were you able to, I understand the album was written uh, a few years ago, 10 years ago or thereabouts. Were you able to, with the finished product, are a lot of your ideas present? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when Jeff came to me and he, he kind of, you know, said, hey, I have this 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 uh, project in years past. I just kind of shelf and he saw me sing it on a YouTube video somewhere. And I, list, I listened to the song and... Um, the only reason that I kind of 
accepted the offer to actually do this is um, he gave me the freedom to actually change the songs. Um, and, and actually two or, two or three of the songs I rewrote completely, you know, as far mm. as the lyrics and the melodies, just because, you know, the, the music was, to me, from what I heard, was the music was really good, but the song has a, you know, it could have been a lot better. Mm. And that's, that's what I did with Bring It Down and uh, Rise Free. They were completely different song titles and song, you know, topics. Um, so, you know, I think that was, that was one of the main reasons I kind of jumped, jumped into this because I was, you know, changed things. Even the, even the songs I give it to me, which were all complete, did put my spin in there. You know, I had to put my screams and, you know, it's the stuff that I love to do. Mm. Um, I changed them just, just a little bit, you know, not, not a lot to completely change a song. Um, but like I said, two of the three songs, we basically just scratched it from, you know, started from scratch as far as the lyrics and the melodies and redid the whole, the whole thing. Mm. So. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. Your voice is one of those voices where I can't actually pick as a listener, whether it's, it's, it's great in both instances, by the way, and I'm talking about the more ballady side of acoustic side of things and then the full-on hard rock stuff. Your voice is one of those rare voices that works, in my opinion, equally across both. But do you share that yeah. opinion do you, or do you have a preference yeah. for either? No, I, I love both of them. I love to sing ballads, you know, just um, – and, of course, I love to really rock out and do, you know, go, go up there in my range – but I like to do. We did. Um, <clears throat> we did a version of "Eating in Your Eyes," which I think, believe it's on the CD. I think it's the last song. Yeah. Uh, all like just acoustic version, uh, just acoustic guitars in my. In my I love doing that as well. So you know, I I do. Um, you know, it's kind of the what. It's like whatever you're in the mood, right? Sometimes I'm in the yeah. mood just to pick up an acoustic guitar and just kind of sing very just mellow, just pretty melody. Sometimes you just feel like going out there and screaming it out. Mm. Well, I can see Appetite for Destruction on the wall there behind you. Is that the sort of music that you grew up listening to and inspired you to do this? Absolutely. I grew up in the 80s. You know, I was to, you know, Toby, uh, Guns N' Roses, White Skid Row. Of course, um, my favorite singer is Steve Perry. Okay. Um, and then along with that, it's Tony Harnell from TNT. You know, these are all big singers from back in the day. Of course, you know, the White Snake and all that, the Steelheart. Um, so that's the music I grew up in. But I'm a huge uh, jazz fan. I love listening to jazz and playing jazz and the bass. And so, you know, I, I listen to a lot of music. But when it, it's, you know, that was an interesting thing when uh, Jeff and I kind of got together to start working on this record. You know, he has, he's more like a bluesy kind of guy, you know, and I have these jazz influence in these high vocal singers type things. And when we redid some of these songs, we were like, kind of sounds pretty interesting. It's still, it sounds 80s, but it kind of still has this little new, you know, it has their own interpretation of it, but um, it's, you know, it's rock and roll. So. It all it is, is all just rock and roll at the end of the day because rock and roll is yeah. like a big uh, melting pot, isn't it? But uh, yeah. I, I do quite enjoy, and I didn't think I would initially. You know, it wasn't my favourite song on the album, far from it, to be honest with you. But you'll you'll come back soon. But I've grown to like yeah. it uh, as I continue to listen to. It. It's kind of got a barbershop quartet feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was the same way when I first heard that song. I was like, I don't know. I don't think we should include that song. <laughs> 
was very persistent. I'm like, all right, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll roll with that. But yeah, no, I, yeah, like, like you said, it's like after a little while, you're like, hey, that kind of sounds pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's the one uh, when I say outstanding, it's track. It's the one track that doesn't sort of. Uh, it's not part of the schema of the rest of the album, but it's one of those tracks that I think all great albums have. Uh, yeah. Insofar as there's something that's so far left of field that it sort of drags you out of it, and it's it kind mm-hmm. of puts a bit of a sense of humour into proceedings. I think in some ways as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is you know that's that's a part of rock and roll, having fun and just expressing yourself. No rules. You know, um, you know, like uh, a lot of these songs, I, I, I get it with Jeff because Jeff, were you angry when you were writing some of these songs? Is you there's a lot of backflow with the lyrics, and but but you know that's what he was going through in a lot of the songs, you know, and and, and it kind of works, you know. So, but but yeah, that song, uh, especially towards the end of the album, you're like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> And they, yeah, and then the little, you know, the scenes or, you know, they're in the campfire and all that. So it yep. works. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about there? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what, so with the lyrical themes, did Jeff write the lyrics, did he? Or did you, did you, was it a, sort of like a bit of a partnership? Well, he, um, Jeff had most of these songs complete. Um, I redid um, Bring It Down, uh, Rise Free. I relayed those completely. I rewrote all the lyrics and all the melodies. Um, all the other songs he had written already, I might have changed a few words here and there just to kind of um, lead into the new parts that I added as far as you know me going up to my higher range. Because the songs were originally, not that they were low, they were kind of like, you know, in the middle, you know, kind of mon. in my opinion. I kind of wanted more of a swing in the song. Um, but for the most part, most of the songs, yeah, Jeff had already written uh, lyrics. Gotcha. Yeah. So just you sort of alluding to some of the more challenging aspects of life there that were addressed through the lyrics. Is that the case? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, Jeff was singing about some of his challenges and that sort of thing throughout the lyrics. Is that, uh, or not singing, is writing about some of the more challenging aspects of his own life throughout the lyrics? Is that is that what was going on there with the lyric writing? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, um, like Swallow My Pride and uh, some of these uh, lyrics. That was, you know, that's Jeff. You know, that's how, that's what he was going through at that time when he wrote those songs. And, you know, you really can't change that. I mean, that's, that's the story at that point in time. So, careful not to change too much of it. I might have, I might have added a few little things, but for the most part, that's how they were written. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And what yeah. about just with bringing everything together? Were there any significant challenges that you feel that the band had to overcome in order to deliver such a cohesive and excellent sounding album? Oh, man. We, um, well, we, we kind of, long time to, because I had to redo all this, I had to redo all the vocal parts. All the music was done, Jeff had done with other music back in. He recorded these songs, so thankfully he had the tracks, so we didn't have to re-record all the music. Uh, a few parts here and there, like we we redid a couple of guitar solos and that, um, but for the most part that was complete. So I was able to get these tracks and actually do all the redo all the vocal tracks. 
which allowed me to kind of put my spin on every song. Um, I found some musicians locally, you yeah. know, that I that I played in the past with or still play, and just kind of gave me the offer, say, "Hey, here it is. We're we're doing it's it's a new concept, right? In this time and age, it's a rock band. It's a new rock album, and it's like you know, it's like good old rock. We're going to do it. It's just going to be all original. Are you interested or not?" And then listen to the songs. And anyway, long story short, we went, we kind of switched through different members. Um, and, but we finally ended up with, I think, the right guys that we have now. You know, we got Hector on the bass, on the drums. Um, of course, Jeff, Jeff on the guitar and I. So, um, so that was interesting. And of course, like I said, then we went through the whole code, um, trying to, book shows with that and we were trying to film videos during that time and you know everybody was freaking out and scared so yeah but we did it you know slowly and surely we did it and um then here we are you know we 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 have a, a new album we have a song uh two songs actually that made it to the billboards already yeah i had no clue that that would even happen you know i was just happy just to have a new record and be able to perform some shows here and there so this has definitely gone way beyond what we thought it would do. Mm. So pretty cool. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Now, now for you, is this is this the most successful band that you've been a part of, or have you already experienced success in the past? Um, I would say, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I never even thought about that. I, I, I think this is, believe it or not, it's. Um, you know, and it's, I guess because back in the day, there was so much concentration. There was so much music at one time. A lot of bands didn't get a chance, you know, and I was singing like this and stuff like this way back when, mm. you know, there's, there's a lot of great musicians out there that just never get a chance. Yeah, you know, they're, they're just, it, yeah, it's, I know so many great musicians, singers and guitarists, and they're just absolutely amazing. But, you know, it's you got to be some you got to be at the, at the right time and know the right people and but yeah I, I think this the success that uh, Voodoo Moonshine is having now is probably you know as far as general music it's probably the, the the best that I've had. Does the band have any new material written? Is there is there a new album potentially on the horizon? Oh, absolutely! I just just last night I wrote two two new songs. Um, um, and Jeff gave me uh, a little riff that he came up with um, a couple of days ago, and I already wrote melodies. So we're—I think we have like a C three, four, five. We already have six songs, so ready for the next album. So we we we're having stopped. Sweet. You know, this album is—it's out there doing something, but we're working on the next. Mm, nice, yeah. And yeah. Uh, final question for you, Australia. Have you been down here? And uh, I know you guys have got a following in the UK, and we, we, you know, we're adjacent. You know, given we're a colony. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so are you planning? Are you planning on coming down here anytime soon? Well, I mean, that's I don't know about planning because uh, I don't handle any of the, the booking stuff. But I mean, if that's an option, you know, I'm I'm there. You know, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there'd be your style of music would go down very well 
in some of the cities yeah. like my city, Brisbane and Gold Coast, that full-on rock and roll thing, you know, um, people are embracing that again, which I'm really feeling and I think it's, a, it's just a wonderful thing. Awesome. That, yeah. That's good to hear that, you know, that's, the, you know, people, that's one of the great things, you know, when I hear comments on our videos or, you know, direct comments to me or to us, the band, hmm. you know, it's, it's amazing that people are still, they like this music. You know, I didn't think that we were, we were going to get the response that we we're getting because I thought, not that it was dead, but, you know, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's because I drive around listening to the radio, you know, hmm. and like I used to. I'm basically listening to my own stuff that I'm writing. Mm. I'm kind of disconnected in a way that way. So it's 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 kind of nice to hear that listening to this type of music. Yeah, it, it it definitely went away there for a while. It's effectively rock and metal is effectively underground. All of it is effectively underground yeah. now, with the exception of maybe Metallica or Guns N' Roses. Like they're still the biggest bands, Iron Maiden. Right. Still, well, they never get played on radios. Let's face it. It's just that the fans, yeah. us fans, are still heavily invested in it, and it's never really gone away from the fans' perspective. But it went with not a lot of commercial outlets available to to the musicians, and I'm obviously I'm a musician too with a shit bed behind me. Yeah. Um, um, mm -hmm. They're just, you know, you could play a few gigs and you get paid 150 or 200 bucks. It certainly isn't enough to make a living. So yeah. it's purely a passion project, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that that's why I've, I've had a uh, cover band here for 15 years, and I basically it basically basically keeps my vocals in shape. You know, mm. to sing four hours a night in the weekends, of course, because I got to work. You know. Mm. Um, so, you know, like you say, you really can't make a living out of it, but I can't stop either. You know, I, I have to keep doing this just because that's, that's what I do. You know, I, I'm a musician. I write songs all the time. And, and it's great that I get to still make records, you know, and perform music to people. And so at least I have, even though MTV and all that stuff's not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the name of your covers outfit? Uh, the my local cover band that I have here, yeah. it's called Rocket Fly. Okay, I'll check. We play out. all eighties, all eighties rock. You nice. know, all the stuff that you see in my wall. You know, Guns N' Roses, Journey, you know, all that stuff. All the eighties rock. I wish I could see it. Yeah, I play covers too. We sort of cover everything from the sixties up until uh, now. You know, the modern, cool. modern rocks, well, not rock stuff, but Justin Timberlake and all that stuff. Just because you've got to. I mean, it's oh, okay. a preference. You know, you've just got to play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if, you know, if you want to be so, you're you're kind of like a top forty mix, right? You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do. We're like an eighties cover band. We specialize. We do only eighties. Um, but you know, I've been doing that for 15 years. I, I guess I mean, people still coming out, so why not? Why why stop, right? And it, and it pays, you know, it pays me a little more. So I can take that money back into original music. Mm. I mean, that's that's all we can do as, as musicians. So. No, I agree. It's all we've got left, mate, is a live performance in a lot of ways, you know. But, I mean, the, the fact that you're making a dent on Billboard, I think, is very important. You know, people are noticing yeah, the great yeah. work that you're doing and, you know, it might not translate into, you know, the wealth of millions a la Motley Crue and right. all those sort of bloody bands back in the day. But I think, you know, <laughs> Stephen Hawking said something. You, you, you're no doubt aware of Stephen Hawking. Um, oh, yeah. he, you know, he said something very important. He talked about life, you know, it not making a lot of sense. I mean, God knows his predicament stuck in the wheelchair and... 
all mm-hmm. the rest of it. But he just talked about you've just got to keep doing you. You just got to keep being you because that's the important thing. So whoever exactly. you are, just be you because that's important. You've got to keep trying. Yeah, you guys just got to keep doing. You know, if it if it makes you happy and it, it gets you excited, just keep doing it. You know, why stop? There's no reason. No, you know, so so yeah, I, I'm very blessed that you know Voodoo Moonshine now is in the billboards, which I had never in a million years would dream that would happen. Mm. So um, we're very grateful. We're we're all very grateful that um, we we have a good team. You know, Pina is amazing. She does everything. If it wasn't for her, we probably would not be where we're at right now, just because she's like you said, she just pushes on and, and you know and gets us out there. Us musicians, we just want to write and perform, you know. Mm. But then you have this whole business side and this whole advertisers. There's a lot of things that need to go on. And um, so we, you know, we have a team that kind of handles everything. So it's working out very, very good. Yeah, it's kind of like that saying, uh, behind every great band, there's a great woman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, she's lovely. I've dealt with her over email. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's cool, mate. Look, I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, thanks so much for the conversation. I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, congratulations on the success and, and just for crafting the music that you have there, mate. I look forward to uh, many more releases bearing your, your excellent yes. signature vocal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Having me. No worries, brother. All the best with everything. Right. Thanks again. Thank you. Right. Thanks Bye. a lot. Cheers. Thanks a lot to Pedro for that conversation there. Great vocalist, I've got to say. And also thanks to him for battling through very shitty internet connectivity. Gosh, we were really up against it. The call actually dropped out a couple of times. I've done a very slight edit, so hopefully you don't notice it too much, but It's a high-quality conversation, and that's what this show is all about. Now, if you like that chat, there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com, and if you like listening to the show, maybe you want to read about it in my book, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Hard Rock, Heavy Metal, and Beyond. Click on the link in the banner on the website. You'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice, and you can download a sample, and if you do complete the purchase... Please let me know because I want to thank you personally. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Here's some more information about the book. See you next time. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew Mackay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, 
of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was... He was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.